how majestic is thy name in all the earth. Oh Lord, our Lord, how majestic is thy name in all the earth. And welcome to my podcast today, Elspeth Jackman here. Today it'll be a little bit different because I have rifled through all the bits of poetry that I have written (laughs) over the years and brought a few to light to share with you. Right, so the first one is the right to be wrong. There is a big mistake abroad in the world that you always have to be right. And nobody loves you for it anyway. Public bodies close ranks, hide the dirty washing, push the miscreant out of the back door, change the goalposts. Government with a pale, correct smile talks of changes necessary due to new developments. Not the U-turn, it really is. Hospital authorities inform us that new financial considerations have to be weighed up and that they are heavier than the needs of the handicapped. But there is a freedom in the right to be wrong. A freedom that only God's people know. They first found that freedom by saying, OK, you win, Jesus. I can't run my life. I'm wrong. And now it's such a relief. We might wish to be always right, but failing at times, like the rest of humanity... We can admit our failures. We can apologize. We can be clearly forgiven and start again. And you know, saying you're wrong almost warms you to others. I'd like to tell this to all those righteous officials, but they wouldn't accept that I might be right and they might be wrong. My next choice is called The Tate. Seems to me that the moderns have a lot of suppressed violence and hatred to express. Gaunt, wrought iron bodies leering forward. Psychedelic photos blasting colours at you. Surrealistic faces distorted for effect. Seems to me that the moderns talk a lot of nonsense about the complicated thinking that produced their art when all you see is a vast panel of red with a single stripe, or infantile scribbles in pencil, or stone blocks branded with circles. Seems to me that the moderns are touched with the king's new clothes syndrome. We don't say that urinating onto a page is disgusting, that squirting paint everywhere and messing it up is puerile, and that colour photocopying Da Vinci's Last Supper is cheating. <laughs> I wish that somebody would. Be glad in it, and be glad in it. Oh, 
My next poem is called Communication. You could write a letter, or even better, pick up your phone, then after its tone, chatter away to your friend all day. Of course you had to stay on the spot. As to running upstairs, no, definitely not. But we relished the chance we could talk to our mum without saying, I need you, please come. <laughs> oh, now, time moves on. The past is gone. Computers are here, no need to fear. Send an email to Sue, it'll wait there for you. And she won't keep you talking for hours, which won't do. And once more, there's advancing technology. See, we leave plugs and sockets behind and are free to talk through our mobiles wherever we are. <coughs> Excuse me. So we live in two worlds at the same time, in car or on foot, eating meals on the loo and in bed. How could we keep concentrating? We can't, some have said. We haven't stopped there. We might have a slave by the name of Alexa. Uh, could have been Dave. So throw away the dictionaries. Don't even Google. We can ask and we're told whatever rejoice, we needed rejoice, to know. The next one is called Computers and Me. I refuse to be defined by my age. Well, that was my catchphrase, but this morning my brain was a cage as I tried to spot my mistake. I've always done this task on the computer, dozens of times, for goodness sake. Are computers beyond me? I wondered fondly. Now, I'll paint you a picture, I'll play you a rag. I'm artistically gifted. Hmm, sorry to brag. I press something twice, and all over the screen, an enlargement of a calendar took over the scene. So if I don't, so if I look carefully, screw up my eyes, I can just see the icons. <gasps> what a desktop surprise! <laughs> and the next one I have is called eyesight. What sights do you cherish most? The smiling eyes of a friend? The constantly moving waves of the sea? I sometimes think just how could it be? A panorama stretched and caught just by my eye. The eye so small, yet the doorway, the key to infinite loveliness or to a life's worth scenario. How much do I realize the privilege of seeing? Hosanna, 
shouting the guy with the voice of praise. Praise him, praise him, shouting the guy with the voice of praise. Clap your hands, all you people, shouting the guy with the voice of praise. Clap your hands, all you people, shouting the guy with the voice of praise. Now this is from a young person who says, "Don't embarrass me." Normal mums are low-key. They keep in the background. If you dare to complain, even justly, I'm going. Don't embarrass me. What you say may be special, but all my pals are listening. I'll drop through the floor. I'll die. Oh, don't embarrass me. It's not done to be hugged in public. And please don't thank me too much. You're overexcited. I cringe. Don't embarrass me. How can you tell me off in front of friends? I'd never live it down. <coughs> that sort of thing is private. Please, don't you remember the feeling inside, <gasps> sight of those of us who stick our necks above the parapet or those of us who, who grab the headlines, whether in a hit-and-run robbery or in a bestseller film, but those of us who just get on with life, humdrum, or action-packed, tedious or exciting, how have you got the time even to distinguish us from our peers? What's that? You are outside time? But you came into the world when you allowed Jesus on earth. I don't think I'm getting anywhere with this idea. Bet you've forgotten what idea I started with. No, sorry, your mind is different to ours. Do you see... <clears throat> I'm coming round to understanding, but I still find it an impossible scenario in practice. But I suppose if you are really God, the God who made the world, who made it not to sell it off to the highest bidders, but with a once-in-a-lifetime, once-in-a-lifetime, a uh, but I suppose if you are really God, the God who made the world, who made it not to sell it off to the highest bidder, but with a once-in-a-lifetime, no, once-in-all-time concept, that you are the creator, the one who holds life together, the one who can crumple all earth life in your hands into nothing, then I suppose you can know every thought of every person and animal bird and fish at the same time. We thought that Alexa was amazing, but she's just a gathering of technical excellence. We know that a vaccine to stop a pandemic is brilliant, but it's the culmination of scientific brains of the highest order. So let's step back and think. Let's try and see God in the incomparable, amazing somebody that no person, no mind, no machine can fathom. You are God. The next poem is called Pilgrimage. To be a pilgrim 
Yes, John Bunyan of centuries past was of an age when pilgrims were respected. Today we follow them on TV. They're not an ordinary person like you and me. But the demise of Queen Elizabeth II has opened up practices which some time before were reckoned to be for the extra saintly and rather quaintly. We're not usually undertaken for anyone famous. Well, not as famous as Elizabeth are. But now anyone can join the queue. It's probably up to eight miles for me and for you, and a new element has naturally occurred. Pilgrimage buddies. Yes, that's the word. When walking with others for hours and hours, with the same aim, not to gaze at the flowers, you meet new people, you share your hopes. Yes, you chat away happily until you enter the hall where the silence is loud. You've forgotten the crowd. You are there to honour the well-loved monarch who had a kind word for everyone. In faith that I'll be used Amen. The next poem is called I Can't Reach I have high hedges There's one near the pavement Where people walk by There's one to shield vans That were ever so high There's one where the birds nest And goldfinches fly I used to use ladders and balance. Oops, how? But to stand on a ladder isn't sensible now. I can't reach. Likewise, my mind seems to limit its store of the names from the last ooh, 80 years or more. Surely my memory box can't have a, a limit. <laughs> it's actually not physical though I store ideas in it. And as to remembering words on a page, if I've patience to try it, it still takes an age. But I can enjoy. There's glorious freedom for my mind to create scenarios unlimited. It's never too late. Some friends may pity my reduced memory banks, but I manage, I cope, and give God my thanks. For I know that he made me just as I am, and I enjoy his understanding, his peace, it's his plan. Yes, I can actually reach some amazing new worlds with my imagination on fire and thought unfurled. Now, this poem is based on an exhibition I saw not so long ago at uh, St. Albans Museum. Very unusual art. Anna Ford's Fibre and Foam. Who'd have thought it? You couldn't have bought it. I can hardly explain it. Never mind name it. Think of every colour in the world. What I like international flags. Unfurled? No. I think laughter, stronger, bunched together, like the fisherman's catch in sunny weather. Searching, wriggling, P. 
disappearing, gliding on top, lying, crouched down, hiding. White worms, tinted buttercup yellow, mauve or brown, both strong or mellow, blue to die for, red and pink, greens and violets makes you think. What are you? Wriggly outbursts of worms? Trying to tell me. Tell me your terms. I think that patiently, sewn in by day, they plan to escape in the night and make way to shiver and shake right under the moon so that onlookers tremble and then start to swoon. A pencil box orgy that colours are bright. It can't be an apparition that comes out at night like smaller rubber fingers. They jostle together and they all have such fun, whatever the weather. There's a whole wall of these fingers, multicoloured and squeezy, and to describe the effect is not very easy. Do I squirm at these colourful worms in 3D? <laughs> no, but I don't. I'd love to know how to react. Ah, me. My flesh is tired of seeking God, but on my knees I'll stay. I want to be a pleasing child until. You're listening to me, Elspeth, Elspeth Jackman, doing a different podcast, looking through some of the poetry that I've written in the past. And this was an early one. Holidays have to be fought for. Have I got the washing done? In time to pack the clothes. Have I cooked the homemade cake, which everybody loves? Who is going to feed the bird fish and take the papers in? Will the guinea pig survive? We'll get the neighbours in. Camera, toothbrush, first-class stamps. Hope the wardrobe won't be damp. Scissors, sellotaping case. Is that the time? Oh, what a race. Towels for bathroom, towels for beach. Hide the chop bars out of reach. Tapes for journey, lunchtime snack. Maps to get us here and back. Clean the house. What, really? Yes. Well, it's such a terrible mess. How would you like to come back to the kitchen looking like a zoo? That reminds me. Food gets mould left in the fridge too long, I'm told. Take the cheese. No, buy it there. And don't forget to wash your hair. Lock up the window, shut the doors, sweep the dog hairs off the floors. Hide your pearls, leave one light on. When will all this work be done? When we're on our way to Wales. Tra rain is promised, also gales. Could we leave the phones behind? It's time to relax, let go, unwind. And now we come from a long time ago to one I've entitled St. Albans Market. It's alive again. Peruvian music next to the lock clock tower. A woolly granny hat on the post box. Gardens looking forward to the colour of potted plants carried by. It's alive again. The underwear store. 
the cry of 10 oranges, only two pounds. Every bulging bear flush exhibited in the sun and in the wind. Dads with pushchairs. It's alive again. Older women sporting long grey hair. Cheaper that way. Only one fag competing with the queues. Fifteen couples long for ice cream. It's alive again. Crackly packets. Old and young starting staring across the concourse. Not bothered by the grey clouds which are looking to the probability of large drops of rain. <gasps> St. Albans, St. Albans. You've been starved of life for too long. Enjoy your freedom, abundant life with spectator sport. Yes, it's half term in St. Albans. And we're going to end on a wintry theme. This poem is called I'm Snowman. And I created it for my little granddaughters when it was snowy up in Nottingham. Oh, snowman, oh, snowman, you didn't exist till Alice and I grabbed snow in our fists. We patted, we prodded, you grew and you grew. But something was missing to make it like you. It's a head, we decided, rolling snow like a ball. Then on top it went, but that wasn't all. Oh, snowman, oh, snowman, we must give you eyes to see our big garden. You'll get a surprise. But you must have a mouth, as we want you to talk. And a nose, added Alice, and legs for to walk. I'm snowman, I'm snowman, I don't need to walk, and I'll stand here and guard your house like a hawk. But the very next day, when the girls peeped outside, they thought the snowman had gone for a ride. Oh, snowman, oh, snowman, please, where are you now? And standing in puddles, the girls waved goodbye. Maybe come back to Park Top by and by? And faintly they heard a voice in the sky. Yes, I'm snowman. I'm Snowman. I'll be back. Please don't cry. So I just finished by saying thank you for bearing through some of my poems. I've got so many more in the different uh, years um, and I enjoy reading them. Have you tried doing poems? It's not that hard. You don't have to have everything rhyming. You just have, have to have a little bit of thought up top. So thank you for this rather different podcast from me, Elspeth Jackman. Bye-bye for now. I'll take